Right on, writers. Welcome back to the Books by Adrian Author platform. I am your host, Adrian Santiago, and this is Typewriters Podcast, where we spend a little more time with our guests of the week from uh, Livestream Sunday. In this case, we have the awesome Chris Cole with us. We're going to get into a little bit more about how he does what he does with his books and uh, and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, quick uh, off the top here, if this is your first time with us, please leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're watching on Apple Podcasts, yes, subscribe to the feed as well. But also leave me like a five-star review. I don't care what you say in it. You can say that I'm a complete idiot. Just five stars. That's really going to help me out. Um, and if you're watching on Spotify, the same thing over there, you can both listen and watch. And so I hope that you can uh, throw us a, a good little five-star rating over there as well and help us out. Um, at this point, being Thursday, the uh, Tuber Book Club has come and gone. We have already announced the winner for the uh, first book of 2023. And because of wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff, I have no idea who that is yet. Um, so I I'll be very interested to find out in a couple of days along with you guys. Um, but yes, please come back for Tuber Book Club. If you uh, are not yet a member, just go to the uh, link in the uh, description down below and uh, sign up to be a member. It's free and you often get free stuff. Three out of the five books we read last year were free to Tuber Book Club members. And it doesn't cost anything to sign up. So... You know, why aren't you doing it? Go do it. All right, y'all. Let's get back to it with Mr. Chris Cole. Welcome back, Mr. Chris Cole. How are hello, you? Hello, hello. Good. How are you? Very good. Thank you. I always like to, to joke that for us, it's been five minutes. For them, it's been five days. Right, so, exactly. uh, <laughs> so for folks who may be uh, seeing you for the first time, go ahead and remind us all who you are, where you're from, and what you currently have going on. Yeah, so um, I'm Chris Cole, born and raised in Southeast Idaho, um, which is a real place. Not working for the FBI, just plugging my books. Um, I've got uh, Avoiding Aiden Here romance and Puppy Love romance. I've also have uh, Porch Light um, is a romance. Um, and then I've got two erotic romances. One is a more horror themed romance, but those are about vampires. And then uh, I've got sci-fi books coming out next year. Um, trying to do an action adventure romance, doing sequels. Um, got a whole bunch of writing stuff going on and that's all while I'm trying to do school and work all at the same time. So um, just basically always doing something. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping busy, man. Keeping yeah. busy for sure. <laughs> so uh, we we closed out the episode of Livestream Sunday with a couple of questions uh, regarding what you've been reading lately. Mm -hmm. uh, first thing I want to know is what is your favorite book to reread, if ever, like your favorite book of all time or whatever it is that you'd like to pick up to uh, kind of relax a little bit, even though you are you've already read it? Yeah. Um... I would say the Animorph series. Um, so I was born like right at the end of the 80s. I was born in 89 and grew up with the Animorphs. And so going back to those is like super nostalgia and that kind of thing. And I really like just uh, just how, you know, how it makes me feel. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I, I love that stuff. The, the, the stuff that brings you back to your childhood, you know? Yeah. Um, this goes up on Thursday. This was Sunday. Um, I didn't mention it in live stream Sunday because I, I, I try to keep things upbeat over there. But we, I just found out today that uh, Jason David Frank uh, passed away. Uh, if anybody that doesn't recognize the name, he was Tommy Oliver on Power Rangers. He was the Green Ranger and then oh, the yeah. White Ranger and then so on. Um, 
he was one of the few uh, people on that show who n never grew ashamed of his time on it. He was always very excited to spend time with fans and he went to conventions all the time despite having a, a, a career as a martial artist uh, he was actually a, an MMA fighter for a time he's been a teacher like he was one of those people that was always uh, you know a, a giver and yeah. uh, and I and I looked up to him a lot and it was very sad to find out that he, he passed away by his own hand um, so it's uh, a, a big huge bummer so yeah. and that's right after Kevin Conroy uh, about a week ago Kevin Conroy also passed away, uh, who was uh, a huge part of my childhood as well as as the voice of Batman. Oh yeah, for, yeah, for a good twenty five, almost thirty years, I think. So, you know, two two of my idols have passed away in the last week and a half, and uh, and it's really made me like you know want to go back and watch a lot of that stuff and and you know relive the the old glory days of the childhood. Yeah, um, and picking up a book that that I you know they. I used to read a lot as a kid. As a big, I'm wearing a Jurassic Park shirt. I'm a huge Michael Crichton fan, and one of the books that I read over and over was The Lost World, Jurassic Park. I liked it for some reason more than Jurassic Park. I just read it over and over and over. Nice. Um, so those things, you know, I, I love that stuff. It brings you back to the, the good old days, you know? Yeah, exactly. Valuable. Valuable. Yeah. What is, uh, would you say, the biggest lesson that you learned about the publishing aspect of things in putting out your books what's the most important thing maybe it was a hard lesson learned maybe not but what, what would you say um important lesson i would say the important lesson for me has been um i if you're kind of a control freak which i can kind of be um self-publishing indie publishing is is really the route for you um i would say even going through like the small traditional publisher that I went through for my books, um, I really enjoyed the experience. I didn't have to do the distribution, the formatting, all of that stuff. So that's been hard to learn. Um, and it's also nice to be able to customize it how I want it to look and do the covers. And yeah, I have to pay for all the stuff and everything, but um, you know, that's why I have a job. That's why I'm working. That's why I'm saving. That's doing all the stuff. Yeah. And I really like the idea that um, I have the control to be able to do what I want to do with my story. Mm -hmm. And the hard part is that people still view traditional published books as like, oh, they're like super up here, high tier. And then indie published books are like lower quality for sure. Mm. Like they just couldn't cut it. And I was like, no, I'm traditionally published, like offered contracts and everything. And I'm going the indie route with some of my other books. With my romances, I'm still going to continue with JMS books. I think that's awesome. Um, and I want to support um, um, the publisher who is focused on telling queer stories. Um, and so that's an important part for me. But when it comes to some of my other books, I'm just going to self-publish. Yeah. You know, the, the whole... Uh thing with going self-publishing you, you talk about that that, that we you, we have to end up paying for a lot of the the stuff everything really you're paying for everything that you're doing and it costs money and all that um but you're you're right the whole reason i'm i'm going self-published route is for number one the the control over everything you know nobody's going to tell me what to put into my book or what not to put into it you know any of that i want control over the cover i want control over you know the 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 co cover themes for the series as it goes yeah, on exactly you know, all that stuff is stuff that they're gonna you know get in there and and meddle with and you know they're they're a publisher they know what they're doing of course 
but uh, I, I I hearken it a lot to the difference between like major motion pictures and TV shows, because unlike you know movies, films that are going to have theatrical releases and everything, the studio has so much money invested in it. They have so much you know focus group work and stuff going on that unless you're like a visionary director an auteur of some you know chris nolan or something unless you're one of those guys you're beholden to what the producers are going to want from you and expect from you and the changes that they're going to you know require from you because it's yeah. their money mm-hmm. going into it versus you know you go to television and that's the, that's a writer's world you know what i mean like there it's the directors are for hire guys that come in every week and and just you know go through the paces but the writers are the gods of the story in television and that's how i you know tend to equate the whole like traditionally published versus self-published the Mm self-published you know having the control it's it's the writer's realm and as writers we're artists you know we're creatives and the 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 entire package is very important to me it's important to me that it looks good on your shelf that it makes you want to pick it up and flip it over and read oh and open it up all of that is is part of the marketing but also part of the storytelling like consider the cover part of the storytelling and consider yeah. all of that part of it so yeah, yeah man the presentation it's very very uh important to me to have that control so i totally know where you're coming from with that yeah um that being said like you say there there is this sort of like you know uh, uh the stigma right of like yeah. you know, traditionally published versus self-published and i'm like if you knew like the work that goes into putting out a self-published book like, the, oh, like yeah. you, we don't have one job as a self-published author. You have like 19, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, you're doing so many things, running your own website. You're like all the, now here's yeah. a, a good question. Since you were traditionally published in those first uh, four books, mm-hmm. what was the marketing process like? Cause as, as I understand it, the author still does most, if not all of their own marketing, um, mm-hmm. especially in the early days. So what was that like for you? The, the marketing aspect of things? Um, that was hard in a way, but uh, because my background, I got my degree in uh, multimedia journalism, uh, my undergraduate degree. And so nice. I have experience with marketing in that regard. Um, so it wasn't, it was just kind of tapping into those old, you know, like riding a bike kind of thing you never forget. And so tapping into those old skills and everything. Um, I will say that's one thing, if if I could like get like the traditional like one of the big five or whatever publishing contract, like they do the marketing, all the press, all that stuff. That would be so ideal. But yeah. I also am like, I don't want them to keep half my money or more. Like, like I wrote, I wrote it. Like, yeah, I know I'm hitting and then I'm paying for all these other people to do all this stuff that I have to compromise on Yeah. at that point. Like, no, I, what I want on the cover is this. Um, and I want it to look like this. And I know that there's artists who can do that. Um, that's, I'm super pleased, like with my, um, two sci-fi covers that I have so far, they're so freaking cool. And I'm just so excited about them. I can't wait to do cover reveals for them. Oh, um, I'm so happy to hear that for you, yeah. man. Cause, cause the cover for mine has been a complete nightmare so far. <laughs> like, oh, I've no. been through, yeah, I've been through like five different artists and like, I, I have an idea for what I want out of the cover but i'm not an artist i you know mm-hmm. i have a, a rough sketch that I, I show them and i explain what i want and and most of them are explaining to me that it's it's either not a good idea or it's undoable um for them anyway and then uh i'm open to pitches for something better but like 
I haven't gotten a pitch yet that made me go, that's a much better idea. I, it hasn't happened yet. So it's like, yeah. I either want what I want or I want something better. Like if you can't do yeah. better and you can't do what I want, then I got to find someone else. So yeah, five different artists. And I still haven't found like the one yet. So we're still working on that. But yeah. Um, so the company that I went through is uh, called Nebel Art. Yes. Um, yeah. And- my, my, my friend Ben went through them for his yeah. two books. They, I, I also took a brief little foray into them as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I really, I'm very pleased um, with both of them. And I was really surprised because like it has, to, my science fiction has to do with aliens. Okay. And so I was like, I, here's how I want them to look. And they were like, oh, I don't know. And then they came back and they were like, here, how's this? And it was like, exactly how i imagined the alien would look i was so pleased especially after them um, saying oh i don't know it's yeah like oh you nailed it anyway yeah Yeah. um i also really like that they're a ukrainian based company oh nice Um, and i was like yes support ukraine for sure like yeah super excited sure oh you know what i didn't know that damn now i kind of want to go back (laughs) (laughs) um now the two big questions that I always ask on this show um, from from every guest. Number mm-hmm. one, writer's block. Everybody has a different opinion on it. Some people, like myself, don't even believe that it really exists. Um, <laughs> every writer deals with it differently. What's your experience with writer's block and how do you battle it if you do get it? Um, for me, writer's block is not being able to think of anything quality to write. Hmm. So I can sit down and I can write some garbage um, and then maybe that'll get the juices flowing. Maybe mm-hmm. it won't. I don't know. But I can sit down and write at any time, any place, anywhere. So I don't necessarily think that the idea of like not being able to sit down and write and just completely drawing a blank, I don't feel like that exists. But that's, mm. that's for me. For other yeah. people, maybe their brains work differently. And they're like, I legit, like, I can, I, that's all I can think of. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's for them. But for me, I can sit down and write like a bunch of crap and then go back and be like, actually, I can't make any of that work. Here's the direction I'm going in instead. Or I can be like, no, I can make this work. Like, let's not use just 19 times in a paragraph. Ugh, that's my clutch word. Um, (laughs) I just can't stop using the word just. Um, Or all of my characters shrug they're shrugging all the time or looking they're looking and shrugging that's all they do so that that's all where me self-conscious i gotta go back and see how many of my characters shrug all the time now i know that's the thing that i have to look into um to try and you know vary all the things because i don't want to have my characters doing the same thing over and over again yeah sure sure but uh, uh yeah writer's you said block a, not for me you said a, a a really you know a interesting part there with the whole like uh if it doesn't show you something good to write, it might show you the opposite. You know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. might, by seeing what doesn't work, you might figure out what will. Yeah. And so like, there's, there's that to look into, you know, to look into too, with that kind of stuff. I I'm very much like you, where I feel like if, if the juices aren't flowing, as you say, then you, it's kind of like, you know, the flow has come up against the dam and you have to break through it. And the only mm-hmm. way to break, is through so i'll sit down and i'll do some uh you know some stream of consciousness writing or something like that mm-hmm. just put it on a timer and just keep the pen moving or keep the keys clacking non-stop even if it's nonsense like you said like i i usually start out with this is ridiculous i have no idea what i'm writing this not makes no sense this is such a waste of time and i just keep going mm-hmm. and after a good 20 30 minutes 
I've got characters. I've got a war. I've got all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. And if I don't, then at the very least, I wrote something mm-hmm. by the end of that timer, and I can at least stand up going, "Well, at least I wrote." You know, yeah. it's it's nothing I'm going to use. I'm going to throw it in the scrap heap, but at least I wrote. You know, I broke through it. Yeah. The other big one is imposter syndrome. You know, a lot of us are always talking about imposter syndrome. That's another big part about being an author, especially a, a newer one. So what about imposter syndrome? How? What's your experience with that been like? And how do you battle that? Um, oh, that, see, that, that one's the hard it's a, one. It's um, a hard one, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, when it comes down to it, um, there, there is always someone better than you, in my opinion. Mm. Um, there's always someone better at this or that, or they've got better examples of this or that. Um, but that also doesn't take away from what you are good at. Mm-hmm. Um, like one thing I feel like I can be confident in is writing um, realistic dialogue um, that people would act, you'd actually hear people say. Nice. Um, and I really treasure that. And so when, when I go into the writing process, I'm like, okay, I don't want to build a scene around dialogue, but my books do often tend to be dialogue heavy because there's lots of communication that's happening um, in in the world. And I think that communication is important. And so mm-hmm. my characters communicate. And I also recognize that a lot of communication is nonverbal. And so that's where I struggle in my books and things like, you know, trying to do an example of, you know, oh, I said this, but I thought she was lying because she, you know, did this. Um, okay, well, maybe word it better, but mm-hmm. the idea still stands. Like you're able to pick up the context and the what she's saying versus what you're seeing, kind of thing. Right. So trying to f- finesse that is really hard, and ultimately, there's always ways that we can improve. But that doesn't mean that you know you're bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can always improve in all sorts of ways. And that doesn't make you a bad writer. It doesn't make you a bad person. Um, and when it comes down to it, if you're just like, oh, I just feel like I can't do it right now, then don't take a break. Yeah. Like it's important to do self-care as well. Uh, it doesn't mean like write for that's five minutes it. and then take the rest of the day off unless that's what you really need. And but don't do that every day kind of thing. Like you still yeah. got a job to do, but. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, um, the whole the whole thing with with improving over time when i first started writing dialogue was the worst part of my like my game so to speak oh, yeah. it was just mm-hmm. the worst part of it um and i knew it and recognized it and worked so hard at it that i now consider it my biggest strength is my dialogue but the rest maybe has suffered a little bit as I'm as I'm editing this novel. I'm like, there's there's entire pages where it's dialogue, and I'm like, is this a Kevin Smith movie? Like, where's the setting? Like, where, <laughs> yeah, what's like, going on here? Yeah, like, are we just in a white room? What's going on? So uh, that's mostly what I've ended up having to edit through this thing is is putting in more scenery, putting in more descriptive and and, and a little more action. Yeah. Whereas uh, you know the dialogue has has been you know pretty solid from from the jump. And that just came from being so obsessed with it being bad that I worked on it so hard. Um, every author that I've come across tells us to to steal, steal from the the authors that you read. Yeah. You know, take take if you want to sound like Neil Gaiman, write like Neil Gaiman. If you want to sound like Stephen King, you know, whatever it is. If you like the the way that George Martin plots his his uh, his chapters, that you know, I, I I took a little bit out of that and. 
So yeah, you, you put all that stuff together, you create your own style over time. Imposter syndrome, in my opinion, very much like writer's block, is just a misunderstanding of the fact that there's all like you said, there's always gonna be somebody better. You shouldn't be comparing yourself that way because you have your own strengths, you have your own things that you bring to the table. It's all about that, man. It's all about Yeah, that. I like the idea of just comparing to who you were yesterday. Yes. Kind of the, your favorite version of yourself, not even better than you were yesterday, just like your favorite version you know and i do find that uh you're, you're a better writer every day you know part of my process is when i sit down and I, I write something new today well tomorrow when i sit down to write the first thing i'll do is edit what i wrote yesterday mm -hmm. and i just wrote it yesterday and i'm finding all the mistakes and i'm and i'm figuring out better ways to to, to word things and i'm improving on what i wrote yesterday i'm a better writer today Every mm -hmm. single day, you're a better writer than you were yesterday. So I recommend that to a lot of people is to, to edit yesterday's work today before you start the new work. And you'll just see how much you've grown in just 24 hours. You know? Yeah, I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Imagine 10 years. Yeah. Chris, I do believe that I have asked you every question that I had <laughs> planned for you for, to, for today. Was there anything at all that you wanted to cover on either of these shows that maybe we didn't get to? Maybe I didn't think to bring it up. Anything like that? Oh, gosh. Um, one of the things that um, I find really important is to address social issues in my books. Um, and so I think there's a couple aspects here, like facets. There's this aspect over here of like, yes, um, fiction, because real life is horrible. Um, and not being aware of what's happening in real life is also really horrible mm -hmm. because then you're like, oh, what do you mean this happened? It was like, yeah, there was, you know, um, just last night there was a shooting at a club in, uh, I think it was Colorado Springs. Jeez, um, another one. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think it was a, um, I can't remember what it was called. I need to look more into it, but you know, just, it's so important to be aware of those things. Um, yeah. and there's the other side of it that you always want books to be an escape from reality. Escapism, like the world's sure. freaking hard enough as it is. Like I, you know, I would like to just sit and read about dragons and the hero winning the day. And that would be really nice and inspiring and that kind of thing. So there's always that balance that I feel of in my books of the idea of like, yeah, the the characters struggle. They struggle hard with real things. And at the end of the day, they come out of it and they're fine. And so right I really on, like that idea. Yeah, yeah, that's such a great point. The balance between the escapism and the not just world awareness but self-awareness it's mm -hmm. something else that I, I i get out of reading uh as well as writing is when you relate to a character especially one that you didn't write yourself you're reading a book and you relate to this character you're discovering things about yourself that maybe you didn't know you're like oh my god i had no idea that i actually felt that way until this character like put it in my face and i was like oh yeah so mm -hmm. yeah man yeah well said very well said excellent note to go out on excellent yeah. Yes. Well, in that case, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up this bad boy. This is a nice short and sweet, but uh, dude, like it was such a pleasure talking to you today. Um, I am more than a little intrigued in all your books. <laughs> I'm going to definitely pick some up. I'm, I'm not sure which one to pick. Uh, I might wait for your sci-fi uh, series because that's, that sounds dope as hell. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, gonna I'm pick really something excited up pretty about soon. it. 
All right. right on, man. I appreciate and, it. Thank uh, you so much. Hey, my pleasure. And anytime you want to come back on, let me know. I'll have another season starting up in a couple of months. This one's almost wrapped up as it is. So uh, I, I, it'd be a pleasure to have you back on, especially when, when your next book comes out. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for watching. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Right on, writers. And I will see you all on Sunday for the group discussion on characters. <laughs> see you guys then. <laughs>